Welcome to Smart Poker Study, the podcast dedicated to helping you play more effectively, earn more money, and be 1% better every day. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. In last week's episode number 257, I answered questions about bluffing with Ace King and developing positive EV intuition. It's poker study time, y'all! Hello and welcome to episode number 258 of the Smart Poker Study Podcast. My name is Sky, and if it's your first time here, thank you so much for checking us out. You have to subscribe in whichever is your favorite podcatching app because I have incredible poker strategy episodes dropping every single week on Friday, baby. So this is the place for growing your poker skills with practical tips, advice, and action steps because action is the greatest teacher. And I actually have two pretty good action steps uh, revolving around three bets today. Uh, oh, of course, I can't forget the repeat visitors. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for leaving comments. I appreciate all of that stuff. You, uh, your, your kind words really do mean a lot to me. So today I'm going to help you answer the question, why are you three betting? We're going to talk about first the three reasons, value, bluff, or isolation. And then we'll discuss when to three bet and then what you do when you face those four bets. And then lastly, we'll cover my KISS three bet ranges. But before we get to all of that, I want to take a little bit of time to let you know that the Smart Poker Study podcast is brought to you by The Poker Forge, which is my brand spanking new membership site. Well, maybe two months now, but that's pretty darn new, right? It's called The Poker Forge because just like a blacksmith takes a raw piece of metal and through hard work, he forms it into something useful and beautiful. That's what we're doing through focused effort, both on and off the felt. Poker Forge members are forming themselves into beautifully winning players that they want to be. This month, of course, hey, we're all about pre-flop hand selection. So they're turning themselves into pre-flop monsters. Members get access to a growing library of strategy videos and resources. There's also regular live Q&A sessions, weekly poker quizzes, and bonus videos, along with discounts and perks to coaching and other products. Plus, they get access to our member community where you can not only get advice and input from me, but also from fellow poker playing members who are going through that exact same training that you are. So if you want to become a better poker player, go to thepokerforge.com right now. It is the place to be. It's a no-brainer. It's like rivering the nuts and then value betting. So head on over to thepokerforge.com to check it out and join today. Alrighty, let's get to some three bets. Uh, please visit the show notes page for everything I discussed today. www.smartpokerstudy.com slash pod258. Without further ado, let's ado this gambate. And now for our feature presentation. Why are you three betting? Three betting for no good reason. It's a leak that too many of you have. And for myself, I can't tell you how many times I've three bet just because, hey, that open razor has a wide range and I just have to get aggressive, right? Well, three betting for no reason leads to chip spew and patient players end up profiting from this. If you want to make more profitable three bets, it's critical that you know why you are making the three bet. And there's only three reasons. Number one is for value. Number two is as a bluff. And number three is to isolate the two better. So let's get to the first one, three betting for value. A value three bet, it's made with the expectation that your opponent can continue with worse hands by calling or maybe making that little re-raise four bet. 
You've thought about their two betting range and how they respond to three bets, so you know they're capable of giving you value right now. Most of the time, value three bets are effective when your opponent open raised with a large range of hands and you've seen them continue versus three bets with hands weaker than yours. A common value three bet example would be like doing it with pocket jacks, and you've seen them call three bets in the past with maybe every pocket pair, suited aces, and maybe some other strong Broadway hands like king queen and king jack. You are crushing them with your pocket jacks. Now contrast this with a different opponent. Maybe when you three bet against them, they only call or four bet with better hands. If that's the case, then you made a failed value three bet. Now, a common example of this, once again with pocket jacks, maybe you're three betting an opponent who only continues with pocket queens or better. But, of course, like I just said, you've got the pocket jacks, so they're going to fold everything that you beat and they're only going to continue with hands that crush your jacks. Alright, let's get to three betting as a bluff. So, a bluff three bet, it's made with the intention of getting your opponent to fold and awarding you the pot right now. Pure and simple. Bluff three bets want folds. And of course, my favorite, one of my favorite sayings, if they ain't folding, you ain't bluffing. Three bet bluffing hands, they often fall outside of calling ranges. Because if your hand is worth calling to see the flop, most of the time you just want to call, especially if they won't fold to a three bet. Now, if you three bet bluff and your opponent re-raises with a four bet, they're telling you, I got you beat. So if that's the case, you should probably just fold, right? You were bluffing after all, and they called your bluff with their four bet. All right, the third reason to three bet is for isolation. An isolation three bet, it's made for the potential of playing in a post-flop money-making situation with a weaker player. So if you call, others might call behind you, and it's no longer the situation that you'd hoped for. But three betting for isolation it's intended to put you into a bread and butter situation with a weaker player in a larger pot. So you generally isolate when you have that uh, post-flop position, often in the cutoff and the button. Sometimes you three bet isolate against a tight aggressive player who folds quickly on the flop. That's a great person to target. Or maybe you're isolating the maniac who raised but they can't fold any pair post-flop. Whoever it is, you three bet with the intention of getting heads up on the flop with this specific player. You don't mind seeing the flop, but then again, you don't mind if they just fold and award you the pot pre-flop either. Three betting for isolation has an additional benefit. You take away bluff squeezing opportunities for other players uh, because you decided to three bet instead of calling. I challenge you. (laughs) Do you know your profitability with your value three bets and non-value three bets? Most value three bet ranges are pocket jacks and greater and ace king. So filter for these hands when three betting pre-flop. Do it right now in Poker Tracker 4 and shout out loud, what's your win rate? Now, what's your three betting win rate without these strong hands? Just filter for three bets made without holding pocket jacks or better and ace king. Are you losing money? If so, you've got some hands to review and mistakes to catch in your next study session. Now I challenge you to take action. Let's talk about when to three bet. Great three bets have a high likelihood of yielding the result that you want, either gaining value, winning the pot before the flop, or isolating a weaker player. And just because a hand falls within your range does not make it a good three bet. 
you must look for signs that your 3-bet will give you what you want. You have to consider the open raiser that you are 3-betting against. You must utilize any HUD stats and history you have with them before you 3-bet, even when you're 3-betting with pocket aces. If they raise and then fold to a 3-bet uh, greater than 90% of the time, that means they only continue with an incredibly small range. As a side note right here, don't look at your opponent's fold to 3-bet statistic. That's not good enough. Instead, I want you to use the raise, then fold to 3-bet. That is so much more useful. So getting back to the situation, you want value with your pocket aces, but 3-betting against this player will earn folds most of the time, because they fold 90%, right? So if this is the case, consider a smaller 3-bet in an effort to keep the open raiser in, or to elicit a 4-bet from another player even. Or you can just call and keep the open raiser in the hand with their entire range. But just realize that this runs the risk of other players calling behind. Now, if you're considering a 3-bet bluff, you want to know that your opponent can fold. So that same opponent who raises and then folds to 3-bets 90%, they're ripe for a 3-bet bluff. If they're folding at anywhere less than 50%, like 20 or 30%, your 3-bet bluff is not likely to work at all. If you're attempting an isolation 3-bet, consider the players yet to act and how they're going to respond. If you've got ultra-passive fish still in the hand, are they going to call your 9-big-blind 3-bet? Will the loose-aggressive maniac on the button, will he notice that you're isolating a weak player and maybe come over the top with a large 4-bet? Consider how the remaining players will respond and adjust your range and your sizing as necessary to get what you want from your 3-bet. You also need to look to the future and consider how post-flop might play before you 3-bet. Visualize how the hand could play out once you get to the flop. What kinds of boards help your hand and what boards help your opponent's range? Does the opponent fight for 3-bet pots post-flop or are they quick to give up when they strike out? You'll sometimes find yourself at a table that does not respect 3-bets at all. That just means they are not folding, they're calling every time, or maybe coming over the top of the 4-bet. Maybe it's a table full of whales and they just love to call 3-bets to see flops, or full of loose aggressives and uh, maniacs who also refuse to fold their open raising hands. If your table does not respect 3-bets, be inclined towards strictly 3-betting for value. But on those nitty tables full of tight aggressive players and nits, feel free to 3-bet bluff more frequently. If they let you get away with it, it would be a shame to not earn the dead money in the pot pre-flop. Be aware of your image at the table as well. How your opponents think of you will have an effect on how they respond to your 3-bets. If you've 3-bet 5 times in the past 5 minutes, your next 3-bet is way less likely to win the pot. Conversely, if your opponents are paying attention and you've folded every hand in the prior 6 orbits, they're going to see your 3-bet right now as a great sign of strength. Lastly, your position matters. When you look at their raise and then fold to 3-bet stat, make sure you view it for in-position versus out-of-position play within your smart HUD pop-up. You might see that they fold only 20% of the time when in-position and 70% of the time when out-of-position. 3-bet bluff this type of player when they are out-of-position, but strictly value 3-bet when they have position against you. Alright, let's talk about the bane of 3-bets. That is, the 4-bet that you face, right? So, what do you do when your opponent throws it back at you with a 4-bet? If you are 3-betting for isolation or as a bluff, the best play is to fold. 
You were three-bet bluffing after all. You expect them to fold. They didn't fold. They did the opposite of what you wanted. That means they most likely have a good hand and you need to get out of there. Don't five-bet rebluff unless you know that the four-better has bluffed like this before and they can fold. And plus, if you're up against a four-bet bluffer in the first place, you should have expected that four-bet before you pulled the trigger on the three-bet bluff. One of the things that players don't realize is that after you three-bet and then fold to a four-bet, that's actually a neutral EV play. See, you're not winning or losing any additional chips because you folded. That nine big blinds that you already put in for your three bet, that already belongs to the pot. That's already there. It's not a part of your decision. You should not feel the need to defend it. What you should feel instead is the need to make the most positive EV decision when faced with your opponent's action of four betting. Now let's talk about four bet size that your opponents might use. If they use a small size, you might be getting good odds to continue, but you were bluffing after all, and smallish four bets, they're often meant to entice you to stay in the pot. So don't turn your bluff into a value-giving hand. If, on the other hand, you were three betting for value, hopefully you already put some thought into their four bet range. Are they only four betting hands better than yours? If they only four bet aces and kings and you hold queens? Yeah, totally fold right now. But if they're capable of value four betting with worse hands, like pocket queens and jacks and ace king when you hold pocket kings, or if they're capable of four bet bluffing, then you've got to make a decision. You can call with your value hand to keep all their bluffs and weaker hands in the pot. This allows you to go post flop against them to try to extract some additional value. Of course, five betting for value pre-flop with the intent of just getting your entire stack in that's absolutely fine, as long as you know they can get it in with worse hands. Before committing your entire stack, take a look at your notes to see what they've gone all in with in the past. If you've noted raising wars with pocket tens and ace-queen, that's a great sign. But if the only hands they've gone all in with before are aces and kings, and you hold pocket queens, then getting it in might be a bad idea. After the break, I'll give you my pre-flop 3-bet ranges by position. Wow, we have some great supporters I want to give shout-outs to this week. First off, Nancy B. purchased Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link. She went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. When you go there, you can take a look at all the goods that Poker Tracker 4 has to offer, why it is, or you will discover why it is the best poker tracking software on the market. That's exactly what Nancy B. did. She went, she made that purchase, and then in thanks, I sent her my smart HUD which is only for Poker Tracker 4. And speaking of that smart HUD, Richard Connell, Ferdinand Gronwald, and Ian Woolley all purchased that directly from me. They already knew the benefits of Poker Tracker 4 and utilizing HUDs, but they didn't have the best HUD in the business until they went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud. They looked at the goods, they decided it was right for them, and they made that purchase. Thank you so much, Richard, Ferdinand, and Ian. And then we also had some incredible webinar purchases made. The Getting Aggressive webinar was purchased by Addy. This one teaches you how to up that aggression, both pre-flop and post-flop, and look for signs that you're going to get what you want with the aggression. Poker Mathematics was purchased by Richard Cannell. Thank you so much, Richard. You've got your work cut out for you, because in this webinar, Mark Warner and I covered everything poker math related. 
And then lastly, the Playing to Learn MicroStakes webinar was purchased by Brad Hunt. Thank you so much, Addy, Richard, and Brad for making these purchases. If you want to check out these webinars for yourself, just go to the show notes page for today. Links are there down at the bottom. Alrighty, back to class, poker peeps. Woohoo, this is shaping up to be kind of a long episode. So let's get right into KISS three bet ranges here. Now, my KISS cash game ranges, which you can get through the show notes page, um, they were created with your position in mind and the open raiser's position. So there are six different three bet ranges used in 11 different scenarios, and you can see them all uh, within one screenshot on the show notes page. Now, the earlier your position and the earlier the open raiser's position, the smaller your three bet range is. For example, the smallest three bet range is when you are three betting in the small blind versus an early position open raiser. You're three betting for value with only pocket kings and pocket aces and ace king, along with ace five suited as a bluffing hand. Now, this is the same range that you're going to use in the big blind versus an early position open raise. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. Kings are better and ace king. What? That's extremely tight. Totally. I agree with you. It is. One thing I've always said about ranges is that you must not follow them blindly. If you think that the early position raiser has a wide range and you can value bet with tens or better and ace queen, go ahead and do it. These ranges that I created, they really only know two things, your position and the raiser's position. They don't know the player types involved, the stack sizes, the statistics, the table dynamics, the game flow, the player images involved, or how the open raiser is feeling sitting at his computer right now while he's multi-tabling seven tables. Because the ranges don't know any of these things, you need to take them into account before you commit any chips with your 3-bet. Nowadays, it's common for loose aggressive early position raisers to be playing a 30% range right there. This is a huge range in early position, and with so many players still to act, right? It's incredibly big, 30%. So against them, you should probably 3-bet in the small blind with 10s or better and ace-queen or better. But it's up to you in the moment to make a decision. You must take all the factors into account before you decide to 3-bet, call, or fold when you're facing a raise. Now, the widest 3-betting range is when you're in the big blind versus a small blind open raise. You're 3-betting for value with 10s or better, ace-jack or better, and king-queen. You're 3-bet bluffing with ace-7 suited through ace-2 suited, 7-6 suited, 6-5 suited, and even some suited gappers. 8-6 suited through 7-5 suited. These suited aces have really good blocking power, and the suited connectors and gappers, they're kind of sneaky surprise hands that can get some crazy value out of your opponents. Now the second widest range is when you're in the small blind versus the button, or the big blind versus the button. It's pocket tens or better, ace-queen or better, ace-jack suited, and king-queen suited for value. And then the bluffing hands, Ace-7 through Ace-2 suited, 8-7 suited, and 7-6 suited. Now, I'm not going to read all the rest of the ranges for you. I just gave you the smallest and the two largest. But like I said, go to the show notes page, download the KISS cash game ranges, or just look at this little screenshot so you can see the ranges. Now, before we end this puppy, I want to give you my 3-bet sizing recommendations. Very simple. When in position, 3-bet to 9 big blinds or more. When out of position, go to 10 to 12 big blinds or more. 
do not do the standard 3x sizing. Players who min-raise to just two big blinds, they're happy calling six big blind three bets. Do not give them what they want. The strategy with your three bet size is that it hits their pain threshold. If you go too small, you make their call or re-raise too easy to do. If you make it too big, they have a super easy fold. The size you choose should make it difficult for them to decide how to respond, while at the same time you're getting value with your value hands, they fold versus your bluffs, and they call when you're isolating them. I challenge you! <laughs> Begin adjusting your 3-bet sizing as necessary to hit their pain threshold. This is going to take some on-the-felt focus. When you decide to 3-bet, gauge the best size that's going to get what you want, either value, bluff, or isolation. When you find that perfect size that makes it hard for them to read into your intent, pull the trigger on your 3-bet. Tag and review any questionable hands or interesting situations. Now I challenge you to take action. Alrighty, make sure you head on over to smartpokerstudy.com slash pod258 for the show notes and related links for this week's episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I will be back next week with a brand new 3-Bet Defense episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to check out thepokerforge.com. This is the essential resource for any poker player at any stage of the game, especially if you want to improve your pre-flop game, because that's what we're all about in September in The Poker Forge. So go to thepokerforge.com today. My new Alexa skill called Daily Poker Tips is available for all English Alexa users in the United States, Canada, UK, Australia, and India. Plus, it's also now a podcast, so you can find it by just going to your favorite podcatcher, searching for Daily Poker Tips, and subscribing. You'll get a 30-second poker tip every day. Until next time, study smart, play much, and make your next session the best one yet.